Welcome back to Friends Like Us. Marina Franklin here, your host. This week on Friends, we have all returning friends, and it is a funny show. We got old comedians, Onika McLean. Anika, born in North Carolina, raised in East New York, Brooklyn, is a single mother of two, legal professional, and a sharp comedian whose no-nonsense perspective on life, love, single motherhood, and her midlife crisis is taking the comedy arena by storm. She was a fan favorite on Bravo Television's The Singles Project. She is the winner of the Slosh Comedy Competition and the Rising Stars Comedy Competition in London. And it is a fact. Onika is a rising star. Vanessa Fraction. Vanessa currently is a co-host with the Nappy Boy Radio Podcast, hosted by rapper-producer T-Pain. She is also an analyst for the Comedy Hype News Show. Additionally, Vanessa, also known as Action Fraction, is a certified self-defense instructor and teaches a class, Kicks and Comedy, that empowers women with life-saving self-defense skills and lifts spirits by infusing comedy. When you do the math, Vanessa Fraction equals one very funny lady. And we agree. Pat Brown is here. Yes, Pat is back. Pat has been seen on CBS's Late Show with Stephen Colbert and HBO's Two Dope Queens. Her critically acclaimed album, The Pat Brown Sex Tape, has been described as provocative and conceptual by Laugh and is streaming on all platforms. I want to thank all of our listeners of Friends Like Us. Because of you, we make some pretty impressive lists. You can hear us on Google Podcasts Now, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcast. Review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. That's important. Subscribe. Make sure you turn on the auto-download function for Friends Like Us on Apple Podcasts. You can email us at friendslikeuspodcast at gmail. Our Instagram is friendslikeuspodcast and Twitter is friendslikeuspodcast. Like us tin. Become more than a friend. Leave us a tip or donation by going to our Patreon page. Go to Patreon backslash friends like us. Special shout out to our Patreon friends. It's because of you. We keep going. And now our golden friends have access to watch our recordings. Yes, live. You get to see the rooty to the tooty and you get to see some of the conversations I actually edit out. So, you know, ooh. Merch is available. We have t-shirts, hoodies, coffee mugs, face masks, tank tops. They're all available. Just go to my website, marinafranklin.com. Weekly on my YouTube channel, I go live with my assistant, Evelyn Frick. My wacky friend, Dave Jessica. We give updates to the show. We shut out fans who leave reviews. Views. We have surprise guests, friends from the podcast stop by, and sometimes we offer free stuff like tickets to comedy shows. And with friends like us, it'll help you feel not so alone because more content is on the way. Tell a friend you know to check us out. Stay safe. Wash those dirty little hands. I don't know why you would stop doing that. Wear a mask still if you want to. I mean, it's not gone, gone. Get vaccinated, booster up, and Black Lives Matter. Welcome to Friends Like Us, guys. Woo! Ladies. Can I, can I get excited? Is that okay? Yes, okay, you can really definitely excited. get excited. I'm excited because this is the first time I've had three comedians that I love on at the same time. It's been a while. I can't get you ladies anymore. You've all been busy. The, the sisters in comedy, they're doing it. Ain't they though? Pat, how you doing? I'm good. Just uh, feeling... Just, uh, I didn't get my walk today, so I'm not bright and chipper, but I'm fine. Did you, you walked already? I did not. I did not get my walk in. Oh, you did not. I'm so, um, different type it's of a animal rainy day. without my water. 
Yeah. That's but like that your coffee in the morning. You need that walk. Yeah, exactly. Actually, that is the substitute for coffee because I can't have it. So mm-hmm. it's a walk in the morning. Yeah, you seem very mm-hmm. introspective just looking at you. But mm-hmm. come to find out, it's just anyway. you haven't been able to move your legs the way you want to. Exactly. So my walking actually takes me to from a introspection to uh, extrospection. Love to it. To uh, being more of an extrovert. So uh, you called it. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Stace is also watching. So I want to give a shout out to our fans of Friends Like Us who are backstage. They are tier gold members. That means that they are really dedicated to the podcast. They know you. They listen. They are now watching backstage. And this is my gift to them for supporting us. That is Um, awesome. Thank you. Tamara, who's actually been on the podcast, are both watching live. So walking in the morning, Rich, is really key. Have you gone on your bike at all? Uh, Yeah, I've been taking the bike to uh, Central Park and doing the, the, you know, the whole uh, rounds of the path, the walking path. And so I didn't just get a chance to do that. I had a late night. A friend was in town. And so we hung out late. So I slept late and everything was late. So. So really, you just have a hangover. No, I don't drink. Oh, damn. I was trying to. I just uh, don't. If I don't get to sleep at a certain time, then uh, I'm just feeling like everything got pushed back. So I didn't get a chance to walk. Did you always not drink, Pat? No, I just. uh, In the latest few years. During the uh, pandemic, I learned how to sleep. What was stopping me from uh, sleeping? And uh, I I always had battle with insomnia and so mm-hmm. I got a really good routine and the routine just makes everything in my life better and uh so the rare chances that I don't I can't do it um which was a you know exception my friend coming in town last night I try to stay up with her <laughs> trying to <laughs> be young again and shit but uh no that just throws everything else off but uh no I don't drink anymore that's I don't nice get high. Nice. I don't do caffeine. Wow. What about edibles? No, not really. Yeah. No. Not really, but not really. I like half. I like it, you said a half. <laughs> no. Why does uh, do you do a piece of the drug? Just a piece. Yeah, exactly. You know, you taste it, you lick it. Uh, anything, anything. <laughs> no, because it actually just tires my brain out. So um yeah. yeah. I like that, Pat. Oh, I love it because I'm getting really good sleep and that's everything. Trying And to, your brain is sharp. Yeah, I'm writing a special. And so everything is concentrated on that. And so during my during my mornings, during my day, I write. And so I want my brain to be as sharp as possible. So I get good night's sleep. I'm usually in bed by 1130 if I don't uh, have you know shows. What? I was at the cellar at 1130, past 1130, and my phone said, you're supposed to be asleep right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, you already have it set? Yeah. You know how you have it set? So I was like, I was like, I'm not supposed to be out right now. Remember and we, me and you, we met down there or we not? We met down there. We saw each other down there. And then we both said, this is too late for me. <laughs> we were both like shaking our head like this is way too late. <laughs> I had a 1045 spot. I don't know what your spot was, but I was like, ooh. I have to make I'm gonna have to make some changes. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, it's not in me anymore. I can't do a late night. I I used to be able to go on until two o'clock in the morning actually, but I can't even do past ten. 
if I'm already out, I can do a 10, 45 show. Like if I have an eight show and, you know, nine or whatever, that's fine. But if I have to go out to a 10, 45 show, that is no. Mm-hmm. That, that's the thing that really wears me out. Yeah, I hear you. Because I, I, I'll even say to the audience, what, aren't you all tired? Like, why are you all still? This is late. <laughs> <laughs> I love our early crowds, too. Early crowds are different type of people. They are. They old people, yeah. <laughs> <It's so silly. laughs> there are people. <laughs> I embrace them. You with your tribe. Uh, so you Yeah, they, I mean. they absolutely my tribe. My joke <laughs> is now, uh, I like all my shows to be about 3.30 in the afternoon, I want to. I want right all Bill Cosby's now. old right. shows. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Bill Cosby has some four in the afternoon shows. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I went to see him at uh, Fox Theater in Atlanta, and it was on a Saturday. He had a four o'clock show. Oh my God, that sounds lovely. I would it love was. a show. Mm. Right, a four o'clock show on a Saturday. It was. He did two hours, and it was. Uh, it was a great show. Yeah, you could go to dinner after a four o'clock show. That's like the theater. Yes, that is the mm-hmm. theater. Exactly. That's <laughs> that's that's what I'm trying to get to. Have you have your uh, your audience, your fan base follow you, and when they you they, you're getting older, they're getting older. So you know your time moves up, their time moves up. <laughs> it's wonderful. It's true. It's true because when I do shows, if I do a good show on a Thursday, like like I'm I'm starting to know when my crowd will come out and when they won't come out. Like a 10 mm-hmm. o'clock show, they're like, oh, girl, I'm, I'm tired. Like mm-hmm. Exactly. Anybody coming I, outside? I'm, I'm the only I one. My head, I got my head wrap on at 10 o'clock. <laughs> that was hilarious. Right? They be watching their Netflix. They be like, oh, I ain't got no time for that. You gonna mess me my, my, my show. Mess up my show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I true. I didn't brush my teeth. It is over. I'm still yeah, strolling not- in at 2, 3 in the morning. Me too, uh-huh. but because I'm doing because I'm doing this comedy thing and I'm doing it after work, so it's a late night thing. But all my friends are in the bed. What time do you get up in the morning, Vanessa? Um, six six thirty. A.M. Yeah, I have dogs. I gotta get up. Okay. Oh, for the dogs. Do you nap? Yes. Sometimes I just I um I don't have a, a specific a specific routine, so it just kind of depends on what's going on. But I'm always going to wake up about six six thirty seven thirty at the latest because they got to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it just depends on if I get back in the bed, you know, because my husband, you know, what I'm saying at least get another hour with him or something, and then get get it going. But sometimes I just stay up, and I'm actually trying to start a thing where I get up at four in the morning so I can write, do some things, blah blah blah, take the dogs out, and then you know all that stuff. But that would make me you know, go to bed a little bit earlier. And right now, um, filming a new podcast or whatever, we we work, le- we're out late. So it just all depends on what's going on. But I'm Got always you. up early. I'm a, I love the mornings. I'm a morning person. I do too. Love the mornings. Let's get into these topics because these are some these good topics. ass topics. Serena is out. The GOAT uh, careers ends with epic U.S. Open battle. Um true thing i'm it's hard for me to admit this uh, i'm embarrassed to admit it but i have not watched one game because i'm just never watched tennis and it's really sad that it's over and i never got to see her play live i, I don't i only watch clips as well or sometimes if i were in passing i'm like oh let me let me watch a couple rounds you know mm-hmm. but i can't say that i literally have went and got the popcorn and like was coming on at three o'clock and sat down and, and really watched it like I, I do other things i saw her last year live at u.s open 
Nice. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, Pop more. Right. You just cut that off like, girl, come on. No, my, <laughs> my, my home girl just has, has seasons passes. And she was like, you want to come? And I was like, yeah, it was my first time there. She had like her Amex uh, Platinum. And we went to the Amex Lounge and all this stuff. And we were there. It wasn't like great seats. But I saw her play and I could not believe it. Do you remember who she played against? Mm-mm, some white girl, but she won though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she spanked some white I ass. Some white oh, I, I don't care, but it was some it white was, girl it was went just, home crying. But it was just so such so I felt so such pride to be there. I was like, wow, you know, it's, mm. it's a lot of things I'm doing lately that I haven't done before, and I'm like, why did I? Why wasn't I? But it was it was really good. And I did watch a match and I just loved the outfits. It was very dance hall. <laughs> outfits. She was coming through. And I remember one of my friends was like, you see, Serena, she got her white man. Maybe you should get your one on it. I said, is, is it that easy? Is it that easy? OK, don't go searching okay. for things. My thing is, I've always uh, watched sports and I like sports and I feel like me and my brother bonded over sports. But um, so me and him have been talking about this thing uh for the longest time that her, she's ending and it just and I told him how I teared up because her farewell and her farewell to her sister and it was this dual um emotion that I had is uh like her giving him uh, her sister praise and she said if it wasn't for Venus it wouldn't be an, a Serena and uh I also feel like that in terms of my brother my brother is really funny he's older than me and uh I wouldn't have played basketball if it wasn't for him. I got a scholarship. I uh, Then I since moved, so he got me graduated. And then he's he's very funny, always funny. He, he made me laugh. I always say this. He's made me laugh from a zero to ten um, all my life because he was always uh, over me. So he was always making me laugh. He was a shy kid, but I was his audience. So I was always his, his go-to if he wanted to say something about somebody. So he would always make me laugh and get me in trouble in church and stuff like that because he would make me laugh. So when she said goodbye and farewell, like me and my brother and my whole family are going through a transition right now because my mother has dementia. Uh, but uh, that just kind of, it was just a way of like, it's a family thing and it's a, it's a love thing and you just don't know how the people you love in your life has changed your life uh, for good. And so her, her farewell speech just touched me in so many ways. And she's a true champion. I mean, she it's I'm, I'm um, starting to read a book now. It's called um, I Was a Hammer. It's about uh, Hank Aaron and Hank Aaron be Babe Ruth's record for most home runs. But he did it under such extreme situation, like them calling him nigga all the time, them saying they're going to kill him if he beats the record. Just all these letters. He said when he finally beat the record and everybody was like, are you happy? And he's like, no, I'm relieved. I'm just relieved that it's all behind me, but that, you know, the races can go away, that it's done, all that. And I just felt the same way about Serena. She's, she has 23 um, grand majors and uh, a Margaret Court, she has 24. So the record is 24, although Margaret Court did it at a time where like, you know, ain't nothing but white women were doing it. And you had to have, you had to be rich white women to do it. So they don't really count hers as, as the higher level, like Serena played, but Serena had did hers under extreme 
circumstances with the racism, with her and uh, Venus, uh, the, 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 the white women that were on the circus, how on the circuit, how racist they were toward them, how they isolated them. So I felt the same way. And I felt like she had opened the doors for a lot of these black female players and female players in general and got more pay for all women. They got equal pay because of Venus and Serena. Venus and Serena were the first one that they took women's tennis on the uh, the big the the big biggest court it was at, at night because they had their viewership was so high. And I just uh, it just made me cry. It just really did because it's say those kind of people come once in a generation. Yes, that's why I'm so sad. I missed it, you know, because you don't get to experience that in a lifetime, usually. And it says here, what used to be crowds of buttoned up white people was filled with black celebrities in attendance for the final game, including, of course, black people, not just celebrities, uh, for including Spike Lee, Dionne Warwick, Tiger Woods, Queen Latifah, Aaron Jackson was there. <laughs> Williams right. announced her retirement in a Vogue essay on August 9th, saying she was evolving away from tennis to make time for her family and other career ventures. If she never plays again, she will have 23 Grand Slam championships as the greatest player in her sport, if not one of the most dominant professional athletes ever. And shout out to Gladys Knight that was there in spirit. Right. Somebody, somebody I, said, shout, I said shout out to Gladys Knight that was there in spirit. We can't have a moment without the jacking up oh, that our is moment. Tr- like, why are you right. going to call D.I. Warwick Gladys Knight? She they do it all the time, now. boy. Y'all can walk on by with that. That is a mess. Right. <laughs> it was a mess. We got face recognition in our, 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 that exists right now. And you still mixing up black people's faces? That's... I don't know. White people will so stay up, being white. Like it only, it's not even close. They're both older black women, but they don't look anything alike. It's ridiculous. But anyway, that's the funny. They just went with older black singers and it was like, oh, it's got to be one or the other. Yeah. we'll go. It's lazy journalism is it's what it 50, is. It's 50 I know that's not Patty, so that's either. Because <laughs> her shoes are on. Right. <laughs> now, while we're talking about black women and, and things that are great, I, I, I hesitate at putting this story in. Because I think we do try to tear black women down so often in the spotlight. Uh, The story about Tiffany Haddish and Aries Spears and Tiffany did break the silence. So Tiffany Haddish says she's deeply regrets performing in a comedy sketch that has led her and fellow comedic actor Aries Spears to be accused of child sex abuse. In a statement posted to her Instagram, Haddish said that she understood that everyone has questions but could not disclose much information due to it being an ongoing legal case. According to the lawsuit, both Haddish and Spears have been accused of grooming and molesting two then minor siblings. The siblings were 14 and 17 when Haddish and Spears... Ele- Wait, that's Four. seven. That's seven. A, my intern put that. I guess you had wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. 14 and seven when Haddish and Spears allegedly had them participate in sexually suggestive videos during separate incidents in 2013 and 2014. An attorney for Haddish said that the claims were bogus and that they have been trying to assert them for years. They also said that every attorney who once represented the case had eventually dropped it once it became clear that the claims were meritless. So I'll go with you, Anika. You're shaking your head. What do you, you, have you been aware of this article or the story? 
I have. I sent her a text message like to say, like, sending light and love. Because what it is is that she did a skit and it was a, a PSA to say, like, um, single moms don't have your kids around your Uncle Pete that'll do X, Y, Z. It was that kind of thing. And just as a comedian, you know, you do things when you're on the come up and you're like, that's probably going to come back and bite me in the ass. And, and that's what happened. Okay, now I see Vanessa I don't, I don't is rubbing her first. head and Pat she's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll let Pat, I'll let Pat talk. Uh, I didn't, I didn't read anything about that. It was a PSA, but I feel like even if it was, I mean, you can, uh, you can, you can um, play in dark comedy. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, I think, I think it feels like that's a legitimate, um, uh, thing to do as a creator, uh, but I thought you can't bring kids into it. I mean, you could do adults and pretend that the, the adults are kids or whatever, if that is the thing. But when you are dealing with kids, you have to be cognizant all of the time of uh, uh, how you are, what position you are putting those kids in front of. And I, it was on, it, 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 the video was on Twitter and I refused to see it. I don't want to see anything like I that because it. it locks in. No, I didn't want to. Uh, so I, I can't say whether I'm just saying using kids in that medium t- to that degree was a poor, poor decision by an adult person. And I didn't see the video, so I can't uh, attest to if it was um, just bad taste, but I just think it's, it's a terrible idea. I'm going to say this about, and I'm going to add on to what Pat said. I think the bigger conversation here and I don't think this has to do with necessarily just uh, Tiffany Haddish and Ari Spears but the taking care of children seems to be a neglect like we don't take care of our children like a lot of times we just like you know you have a lot of children being kidnapped sex trades the the way we treated them with school and during the pandemic I saw a lot of like just lack of support for children. Overall, we need to take care of our children. I hesitate whenever I even put my niece on any type of social media thing. I don't even put their names. I don't, I try not to even tag them, but I hesitate is what I'm saying. I, I think about it before I do it because I know the people out there are not going to receive it well. Or there are people out there in the web that aren't good people. So I did see the video. I, I wanted to see it so that I knew what I was talking about. And so I knew what it felt like to watch it. And it was disturbing. It was disgusting. I'm not going to lie. It is really, really disturbing. And to see a little boy in his underwears, it didn't seem like it was done professionally. It's... It, I think it was definitely poor judgment. I I think the court is going to have to decide whether whether or not it's molestation. But I think it's definitely very bad, poor judgment. I mean, in Hollywood, the way they take care of children, we have seen that they are neglectful with children. We have heard stories of children, actors, child actors who've been molested on sets and they have to do a lot to protect children. 
So it was bad judgment. Even Tiffany admits, she said, I wish I never was a part of this. I'm sure you, you know? do once everybody says something. But um, and I'm, I'm cool with Tiffany. I have a lot of love for her. I always have to start by saying that I've known over 15 years and all of that. It's a lack of accountability that I have a problem with. You know, and I'm, uh, I definitely agree with what Pat said. Please leave the children out of it. Um, to your point, Anika, if you thought for whatever reason at that time that this was funny or that it, you're doing some form of a PSA, whatever it is that you want to say, looking at it now, the attitudes that they seem to be taking, I don't care for them. You know what I mean? Like if you've seen the video, um, which I wouldn't suggest for you to do that. Like I was very, very uncomfortable. I don't think you should share it. I don't think anything like that. It's a seven-year-old boy. He is in his underwear. You're holding, I'm talking about Tiffany. You're holding him on you. Like he's not related to you. You don't, why do you have him on you? It, molestation is also formed she as was inappropriate being touching. Wasn't she I'm very aware of what she was doing. I'm saying that you're doing it with a seven-year-old boy. It's not an acting situation. He hasn't signed a contract and there aren't supervisors there. So you're putting him in these different situations with a stranger, a grown man, a stranger, and you're just instructing him to do things like stroke a train set like he's jacking it off. You're someone is instructing him to lay back and open his legs, spread eagle, while the camera zooms in on his privates and then uh, zooms in on his behind and, and makes it go up and down as if he's being penetrated. There's a Ooh. lot of things on here that are uh, Aerie Spears uh, gets in the tub with this young man, this, this seven-year-old. You know, And I don't know if he had underwear on in the tub or what's going on because y'all are inappropriate during this whole damn thing. You know what I'm saying? And on each scene, she does drop him off. So it's not as if you're not aware of what's going on in each scene. How can you be comfortable? I'm, I mentioned the holding because how can you be comfortable holding a seven-year-old in his underwear? And he's not, that just doesn't make sense. And then in the end, they switched it around where the young man then was lusting after Aries' character. You know, so now Aries is in his underwear and you have the the um, the seven year old rubbing oil on Aries because Aries Spears rubbed oil on him in the first scene. And I'm leaving out scene. I'm leaving out parts, to be I honest with you. It is that. rough to see. It's I to didn't say see the least. That. I to say the that. least. So my, okay, I wouldn't so. want you to. I'm, that's fine. I'm not saying that you did, but I, it's the thing of, you know, people do things when they're young to get on and stuff like that. And people have to be accountable for what they do, no matter what that is. So in seeing that, if you're a seven-year-old and you see this couple years now, you're 14, you're 15. You, I don't remember the stuff I was doing when I was seven. So to see this, I'd be thinking about who let me do this? What in the world is going on? And now you're reminiscing to other things that happened on that day. At the very least, the young man deserves counseling. And I haven't even mentioned the, the situation with the 14-year-old sister who was supposed to be protecting her brother at the time, but trusted somebody who told them to sit. This is the, the story, the story that's been written because I wasn't there, that she was supposed to be sitting on a couch downstairs while upstairs your brother is in these uncomfortable situations. Nobody is saying that it was full on uh, uh, rape or, you know, pedophilia in that way. She's being charged or she was uh, being sued for, excuse me, for putting a child in an inappropriate um, situation and not supervising that child properly. So for you, for her to give a statement and say, I know you guys have a lot of questions. I'm right there with you. I do too. Honey, you got the answers. You were there. Don't be dismissive. Don't be all like, don't do that. You know what I'm saying? And then to have your representatives saying things like we won't be shook down. It's not going to be a shakedown. It's not a shakedown. It's being accountable. And sometimes that's in a financial sense because these people need healing. 
you know what I'm saying, or whatever, and to say, where was the mother? As the story alleges, she trusted Tiffany. She had befriended her, and so she allowed her children to go with her. I've allowed my children to go with friends at times, even friends in my comedy community. And if I saw some videos with my children, like what I saw, oh, baby, I can't even, I'm not even going to get on my reaction to things. And the mother is going through whatever, and so the kids now are taking on the thing. I don't know but it, there's a video. There, there's not a question. It's not an alleged that you were inappropriate. You were inappropriate. Now it's up to the judge to consider if it's criminal or what type of negligence has went on and if you need to pay for that. In what way do you need to pay for that? So at the very least, you know what I'm saying, paying $15,000 for some counseling, which is what the people, the lawyers or somebody kept saying about them getting dropped and nobody wanting to pick it up. That doesn't necessarily say that it's a frivolous lawsuit. It just speaks on how hard it is sometimes to move forward when you have popular people that are in the midst of it. So, I mean, going on what just simply what I saw, you need to, they, something needs to happen to benefit and help those children. And I'm being very, very serious about that. And if, yeah, you know, children, and if you know anything about the legal system and uh, Tiffany's, I don't know about Aries, how much money he has or whatever, but Tiffany definitely is in the position to have legal, uh, legal powerhouses behind us that actually just shut down smaller, like the, this lady and her children, they probably getting just a, law, a local lawyer or whatever, but Tiffany has the, uh, a, a, the financial advantage of squashing these little lawyers to the point that it never even comes to the, to the top. That's what Me Too was all about. All these powerful men are being addressed by uh, people that don't have the power to get them uh, to get them to even to court. You know, I just think it's sad that we put uh, kids in these uh, situations and then somehow we blame the children. These are kids. It's a teenager and it's a child. And these, and then we trust, we, we put these people, uh, we, we put them in uh, our friends' hands and we, uh, adults that we, we think that have, are responsible. And this is what, this is what happened. And then they don't take, they don't take any ownership of it. So I, I just, I'm glad I didn't see it. I'm glad I did not see it. Meaning that you're trying to bring attention to not harming children, but you harm a child in the midst of it. I have a huge problem with that. There's no room for being funny. There's no room for all of this stuff when we're talking. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And, and to um, try to defend it and saying that it was a PSA, that just doesn't play well for me at all. My whole thing right now is let's say that you, you did make bad choices. That's obvious. Can you just be accountable for them? Pay your debt and move on. This isn't yeah. career ending. This isn't life ending. It's nothing. It's saying that I made some bad choices and I have to be accountable for that. And that's it. That's it. And that's for Aries and Tiffany. Be accountable. And, and also to, to the degree that you think that is funny, meaning uh, the ideas for the sketch, you think that was funny. It shows me to a certain degree that you're, you need help. You're skewered yes. in the way that how you see things because she's already admitted that she's been sexually assaulted and uh, various times when she was a youth. So the idea that somehow that could be funny, that could use, be used as uh, fodder for uh, a joke, it seems to me that you still need help. You still need to address the trauma that, that you experienced in your, your uh, adolescence. So uh, I just, I feel like it is, and, I, and to Vanessa's point, you just can't say the video is out there. You can't say, oh, um, ah, 
No, you got to address that. And you got to address that from the standpoint of you're being the adult and you, you, you are being a, one of the facilitators of this video. You didn't just act in the video. You actually brought the children to the video. It was her house, wasn't it? I don't know whose home it was. I just know that you brought the the, the children were your responsibility at that time. And I'm also um, not just Aries, not just Tiffany, whomever edited it, whomever shot it, whomever like it had to. Well, Funny or Die said absolutely not when they submitted it. They said it was user content, like they uploaded as as user content. So Funny or Die didn't have to have anything to do with it. What someone edited it, whether it was Aries team, because Tiffany's saying she just was an actress in it. So if it was Aries team that edited it and, 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 uh, and, and so forth, you know, and, and was the camera person, you know, like who is saying it's a good idea to zoom in? Who is this person that's saying it was a good idea to do each individual action and I just cannot imagine you know uh when we do things we have to do it over and over again as well as some things are left on the cutting room floor so if there was anything more than what I actually saw my god like and allegedly allegedly the kid was crying and did not want to felt uncomfortable that's alleged in the writing in the story of it of the kids saying we felt uncomfortable not understanding at that how, age, how could you not? How could you I mean, not be uncomfortable sitting in your you're not you're not in right? You're two strangers, honestly, and in and they putting you in very uncomfortable situations. So, Anika, what like what would you say? Because I know you were trying to get something in. Go ahead. I was I was just I didn't see the whole thing because what Vanessa's saying, I did not see the whole thing. But I I'm just saying that I have made decisions uh, that. In hindsight, I'm like, that was dumb. And I felt like that was the same thing was going on with this story uh, and what she had said before that she couldn't uh, talk about it because her lawyers had, you know, advised her against it. So accountability, I think that we're going to have to wait and see what happens as it relates to that. We would we would need to. But I only shook my head because you're. When you make statements, as, as she did, that's why you have PR reps and things like that. It's not about just the things that you said. It's also the things that you didn't say. And you said, you guys have questions. I'm right there with you. I have questions, too. That's being dismissive of the situation. Like, you just as confused as the rest of us. That's not true. And to say that, um, just I'm sorry I acted in it, takes away the fact of, you're not sorry you brought them there? You know, sometimes it's best just sometimes it's that's fine. I'm just I'm telling you now. So I'm saying that sometimes it's best to just keep your mouth shut, allow the process to be the process. If you're not going to or you're not able to, to your point, to take full accountability, to say the things that you need to say, you're only making it worse. And it's dismissive. It just is. I, I'm sorry I acted in it. I'm not, you're not sorry about what's going on with the chill. I mean, because I know you were in the video. You saw that. You don't think that the young man is troubled? I mean, she doesn't have children. Do you have children, Anika? I do have two children. Okay. But this also speaks to what Pat was saying about what is what was going on in their own psyche to think that was okay. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's foremost what I went to as well, because I think, you know, Tiffany grew up hard and, you know, there's some, you know, I hesitate saying, but in some inner city situations growing up, you know, certain things like abusive animals was okay. So certain things are messy. 
Yeah. Abuse abuse. is okay. Certain things are very messy. And what people do to connect or, or, or uh, go into their brain to make things okay. Sometimes you do laugh at it because the pain is so difficult and then you do become skewed in it. Like they say the same thing about R. Kelly. He was abused, you know, so then abuse becomes normal and then you become the abuser. And I'm not saying that about Tiffany Haddish. I am just saying that when you come up in um, uh, strenuous circumstances, oftentimes uh, people react in ways that are not, not right. Yeah. So that's why I would exactly I would go. There's a lot wrong here that we could look at in the children. I definitely I think, Vanessa, you're so right. Like foremost, let's take care of those children now. Like no one is instead of just jumping to the defense of who you worship as a celebrity. Let's take care of the children now. I think Stop that calling is it a shakedown that just yeah, it just all is insulting. You know what I mean? And I think that was the point I was trying to get at. It's especially, like, go ahead, Pat. No, I said, especially don't stop calling the shakedown when we have the video. It's not a yeah, shakedown. That's the point it's I keep trying to make. The first couple of days, I was like, it's okay, what's wrong with these people? But it's like, we have, right. we're seeing it. I'm looking at it. My first time, my first time um, being aware is when I was going through the stories. I was like, what the heck? And so I looked a little bit of the video and then I was like, oh, then I just thought about something I did like this this uh, skit called N- the N word. And it was like jumping around. It was like, and I was like, I shouldn't have done that. I don't even yeah. use the N word like in my comedy. And I kind of like. But again, you're talking about yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not talking about you putting that putting on someone, someone else, else in a situation. Yeah. In a situation, yeah. which is like, I think we can all. I have stuff look I've taken at- down too that I, <laughs> I pray nobody finds. I shouldn't. I, I really didn't say that right. I know where I thought I was coming from. I would have to be accountable for it if someone called me. I would have to be accountable for it if someone called me on it. You know what I mean? So I agree with you on that, Anika. It's just to the extreme that it went. You get what I'm, you know what I mean? It just was grossly irresponsible is the is how you know I just I agree with you with that and but my thought was also Aries having a lot of stuff going on with the Lizzo comment so so you know now people are picking it back up because they said that they've been uh trying to sue for a long time to try to get somebody to take this case for a long time so this is not something that's new this is something that's been you know in in the pipeline in Hollywood given opportunities know what time it is that this was out there and available and so now I feel like it's coming up I'm not saying that why is wrong or right I agree with you the children like if someone took my kids and did something like that I would probably they would catch these hands so I totally get exactly what you're saying I'm just thinking like why is it coming up now does it matter it doesn't go ahead go ahead but that that doesn't (laughs) But to your point, uh, just because it's coming up now, R. Kelly was the same way. We talk about years, decades of women accusing him of the same thing over and over again. It doesn't invalidate it because it's coming to to our consciousness now. What is it, it doesn't invalidate it. So why is it coming up now? Why not let it come up now? Because it's it came up when it should have came up or it came up because certain things were it, with it, were, were, were open to it now. We're open to uh, the idea that every person is not um, a good person and, and people can 
can abuse kids. Like, uh, so we know now that superstars can abuse women. We know that now. So we are open to the consciousness of that. Uh, just because you are a powerful person doesn't mean that you're less likely to abuse somebody. Now we are in the consciousness of a state that we are under, we're understanding we people take advantage of their power. So those things are coming up now, but that's why it's coming to the forefront now because we are we are open to that. We know that, that that exists and that happens. And people have had to pay the penalty for that. They've had to take accountability for their actions. And so, yes, if if Aerie Spears is talking crap and you want to be in the news and you want to be the one that's clicked on, we'll click on this. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like, well, finally... Right. Odika, can I ask mm-hmm. you, is it hard to talk about Tiffany? Because, you know, like, I don't, I don't know, Vanessa, you know. Oh, man, no, but I just spent the night over each other's house. We close as hell. It don't have, that's, <laughs> I don't understand. A lot of times. The reason we, I say that is yeah, because oftentimes when I go on podcasts or someone asks me about someone I know, I, I feel a sense of guilt about talking about them when they, they're not here. But I feel like this is a different extreme situation that needs to be discussed. I made right. sweet love to Tiffany and I still feel like she had. <laughs> no, 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 I don't. I made sweet love to Tiffany and Aries Spears and uh, I feel they both are wrong. No, so I don't know. I don't feel like I'm, I'm close to her like that. What, what it was is that I just, made myself aware of what happened. And then I immediately thought about things that I've done in the past. Right. So I kind of brought it on myself and being that I don't, I didn't see the video in its entirety. uh, I don't have the uh, disdain because I haven't like watched it. And so I'm just being careful with my wording because I want to make sure that I'm having a conscious, thoughtful, dialogue about something and if I don't I don't I don't just say stuff so what 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 did you see I saw it was something on YouTube so I saw it it was like the PSA it was it was it was her coming in it, it what it looked like is she was drop playing the mother like dropping a kid off to a to a weird uncle or something like that and Ari was the weird uncle that's what I saw that's all you saw you didn't see the kid in there at yeah all? they have different versions that no, so they so so maybe what I saw was like a compilation, but it was like a so you said you didn't see a PSA. The one that I saw said PSA, like basically don't drop your kids off. So I, I thought it was in bad taste, but I maybe I should have just. So done you did see the, the young man in his underwear. You did you did see the young man in his underwear and her carrying him. She had two kids knocking on the door. We didn't see the same thing. I, I guess I didn't see the same thing. Because well, if I could just if I could just let me just interrupt both of you and say that on Twitter is where I usually get these things because I'll be just minding my business. And then over to the right, I'll see less what happened today. And then usually I avoid it. But this one I couldn't. And so when I looked, clicked on the link for Tiffany and and Ari Spears, I saw different clips so there were different versions. There were short. There was the one that I saw was just the little boy and Aries Spears and her dropping him off. That's it. No PSA. I didn't see the what Vanessa described. I didn't see any of that. That's not the video clip I saw because I'm, I'm clicking on different people's links. Mm-hmm. So I heard the video was removed and then it was put back in. 
And then so different people have put up shorter versions of it. So you have to see it. Like Vanessa said, I don't recommend I you don't see recommend it because it. it is so disturbing. The, the small part that I saw was disturbing enough that I didn't need to see any more to know this little kid seeing a little kid look like he didn't even know why he was there. I can see that. And that I question why they couldn't see that and how much you want celebrity. You want to be a star so much that you're risking the psychological saneness of a seven-year-old child is disturbing to me. Yeah. You sexual, mm -hmm. sexualize a child. Which happens Period. in Hollywood all the time. It's not, and that's the thing I, I, I need to say. It's not just them. They, this happens in Hollywood all the time. And I we agree. have to start protecting our children. The models are 12 years old and 15 years old. And they be on, They have like panties and bras. And right in Times Square, I work in Times Square. And I'm always saying these kids are 12. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot. Yeah, like I said, I hesitate when I put up a picture of I have a video of my niece. I don't even want to describe it, actually. But my niece is like, you know, she's it's it's harmless. She's standing on a counter getting, you know, how kids climb onto counters and get stuff out of the higher shelves. And I say, are you supposed to be in there? And without even looking back at me, she says no. And it's hilarious. But I can't put it up because she's got it. She's in her T-shirt only. So I don't you know, anyway. I just hope, like you said, Vanessa, I think it's such a good point. I just hope the kids and the sister and the little boy can find some help. That's what I hope and pray for. Anyway, moving on to women are so fired up to vote. Women are registering. Now, this isn't an op-ed piece, but it's not really. It's very factual. Women are registering to vote in unprecedented numbers, says New York Times Tom Bonier, one of the largest indicators of this change comes from Kansas. Voters defeated a, a constitutional amendment that would have removed abortion <laughs> okay, protections. Oh, that's why they want to vote. Because <laughs> Roe versus Wade. Keisha's back. Yeah, Keisha. You know what? Everyone's like, why you call her Keisha? I said, ask Pat Brown. Because <laughs> I can't read. One of the largest indicators of this change comes from Kansas. Voters defeated a constitutional amendment that would have removed abortion protections in the state. At a closer look, 69% of new voter registrants since the Dobbs decision. <laughs> Stop. We're women. In the six months prior to Dobbs, women outnumbered men by three-point margin amongst new voter registration. After Dobbs, the margin has skyrocketed to a 40-point difference, though not as striking as Kansas. The pattern emerged in other states. It was clearest in states where abortion access was most at risk and where the electoral stakes for abortion rights this November were the highest. The biggest surges in women registering post Dobbs came from deep red states like Kansas, Idaho, as well as Louisiana. Key battleground states also showed increases like Pennsylvania, Michigan, which I'm going to this weekend, God help me, Wisconsin, <laughs> and Ohio. My question is, some of these are white women who vote against their own best interest. Do you trust it? What do you mean they vote against their own best interest in this? Because it, are we talking about the vote against uh, um, uh, a vote for certain legislation or whatever or voting for a certain party? 
does that for a certain part yeah like both actually because when you vote for a certain party you're voting for certain legislation too yeah yeah. but when they went and did this vote they've also voted for trump is what i'm saying so voting for trump also voted in some of the supreme court people that we have there that made this decision so you voted against your own self-interest which is abortion rights when they uh poll women that uh Republican women, and that's one of the resounding things that most Republicans will say will say is that they're voting for a a Supreme Conservative Supreme Court court. That's what they want, and and along and aligned with that is uh, abortion rights was always on the table. They've been doing this for forty years. So women that actually believe in abortion and are conservatives, they they can get their cake and eat it too, and so voting for now they realize, oh, because a lot of people believed that uh, the uh, Roe versus Wade would never be overturned. It was supposed to be precedent. It was assumed to be precedent. And then it got overturned this year. So a lot of people can believe that as a conservative woman, I'm going to get my cake, meaning uh, all the other conservative issues addressed, but not Roe versus Wade being. And that's what I was kind of addressing or saying because it was like, yeah, I'm going to go vote for whomever I need to vote for to get this Supreme Court justice in there because I am more conservative than I am. Uh, uh, I have more conservative things that, that fit my life, you know, than, than the other. But haven't they been talking about reversing this for quite some time now? They yes, were talking they... about wanting to, but that's, that's a difference between wanting to and having the ability to. You know, Trump got three Supreme Court justices out of that's almost kind of unheard of for one president in a four year span. He got three Supreme Court justices and and uh, Amy Coney Barrett is like she literally just came, just got her robe was just, you know, was just washed and clean the day before. So she's brand new, literally to uh, the job ship. She has never taken on a case or anything like that. So she she's one of the most inexperienced judges ever in the history of the Supreme Court and probably in, in the federal court. And uh, she's a Supreme Court justice. At justice. So his, uh, when um, Ruth Brady, Bader Ginsburg died, it was a pr- surprise to everybody. So, you know, uh, they, they were willing, they were unable to do it until, you know, she died. But if you think about it also, um, just women in general, uh, conservative women are normally uh, really religious. And the the religious aspect of um, has changed a lot after the pandemic. People aren't going to church as as much. People are turning to spirituality um, that they weren't doing before. Before it was like a lot of witchcraft. But when we had a break from the church for so long, oftentimes I'm thinking that women are starting to think about their own spirituality and in turn their bodies and chakras and root and what that means. And oftentimes what's happening is I feel like women are looking to say, you know, we were blindly following what our religious beliefs were as in conservative ship. And now we're, we're thinking differently because now look at what we thought that could never happen as past point has happened. And I'm, I'm not, being represented, actually. Nobody's really concerned about me because Roe versus Wade is still overturning the right of the white woman to uh, abort babies because they don't really care if it blacks and Spanish people abort babies. They're trying to stay the majority. They're trying to stay the majority. So keep white women having babies so that they can keep, what do you call it, just the hierarchy. 
situation. Majority. Keep the majority. I'd like um, to believe what you said about that. Uh, us being away from the church during the pandemic got folks trying to check on their chakras. But I don't. <laughs> I would like to believe that some of them Southern Baptists is checking chakras now. Um, they are. The, but the, the bait and switch is that uh, abortion is not even mentioned in the Bible. That is not a a biblical principle. Uh, it's just like Jewish Jewish principles. They You can have abortion because in how they see the Bible is that when a baby is born, that it, they become per, a person. And so they actually, in the Jewish faith, you can abort a child. Uh, so that is a bait and switch. They did the same thing with the, uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, the Second Amendment has nothing to do with uh, you can carry an AK-47 around in the streets. That, it, it, they, changed the, they changed the argument, and people just assume, because most people don't read, they don't follow, they just assumed, okay, that's what God said that we shouldn't have abortion, but that's not in, not even in the Bible. Um, what actually ha- is happening, and I think this is more to whether where people are realizing Roe versus Wade is not about abortion, just abortion. It's about privacy. It's about women's health care. You are now are allowing the government to interfere in your personal life. Like a lot of, there have been so many situations where a woman pregnant wanting to have a child and their, their fetus is dead for whatever reason, they still have to carry that dead fetus to term because the courts say that you can't abort a child, even if it's a dead fetus. So this is what is happening right now in Women's health care. They have to go to court. They have to go to a lawyer. They have to talk to an administrator at a hospital. And these are women that want to have kids. So you are interfering with a, uh, a doctor and a, um, a woman's privacy. Which is not what Republicans, I thought, wanted government interference, right? Didn't Republicans say that? It comes under the same amendment that uh, allows us to have privacy, allows uh, gay people to have rights because you can't, it's none of your business who I'm sleeping with. It's under those, the same, that's, it's also under, the, like, they, they told you uh, uh, that you couldn't date out of, outside your race. That's a privacy issue. All of those are, are under the same umbrella as Roe versus Wade. So when they struck down Roe versus Wade, they're saying to you, everything else under that umbrella is vulnerable now. Gay rights are vulnerable now. Uh, whether they're addressing, um, whether you can, you can date outside your race is vulnerable now. All of those things that are under that umbrella are under that umbrella. Actually, that's also under that umbrella too. So all of those are up for grabs now because of Roe versus Wade because they overturned a precedent. It's just, it's just so contradictory, like I was saying, because Republicans say they don't want government interference and yet now they're interfering. Republicans just want power and they'll do anything for it. So it's not, the, the, they will change on a dime whatever their policy positions are as provided it gives them power. I have noticed a number of black men who still like Trump. Yes, they do. I've I have a lot had of these it. conversations with black men who find him, you know, like I really go back and forth with the joking of Trump because I often I often find that 
with the joking of how funny he is. And I, I have found him hysterically ridiculous, but I don't joke about him because he's so dangerous in all of the, the fallout of it. And I, I see black men like looking at him like, oh, he's a gangster. That's what I like about Trump. I have a joke like, like that. What is going on? Oh, do you? I have a joke like that. Throw that out. <laughs> about what? Like what? About his 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 antics. He's a gangster. Um, cheating on his first wife with his second wife, second wife with his third wife. But are wife. you saying it in a glorification? I guess I was curious as to if you were, because um, she was talking about how black men feel about him. I'm saying it in a um, sarcastic way. Okay. Yeah, it's, you know, like I said, I don't really begrudge anyone, but I do see like, I, I, I'm I'm concerned at the number of black men I've had these conversations with. And I, when I hear the, the thing of Republicans, Democrats, they're both awful. I'm, I'm like, no, 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 no. We got something at stake here right now. Like that, seriously at stake. That's not true too. Uh, their policy positions have never benefited uh, overall. Black people have, um, have uh, benefited more under democratic rule than a Republican rule. That's just, facts. That's what it comes down to. But what I, I find so disheartening about people that support Trump is the fact that he doesn't have any ideology. I, that scares the shit out of me that somebody doesn't believe in something. And if you, you can follow somebody that doesn't believe in something, I wonder about you. It's like, you are you just following him because you lack personality? You lack, uh, uh, you know, chutzpah or gall, and you see that in him, and so you want to follow him to death because Trump, Trump is all about himself. That's his only ideology: is to believe anything that is good for me will be good for you. And he makes people, and his genius is making people believe whatever's good for him is good for them too. It's narcissistic. It's it's really a narcissistic personality disorder. Oh, absolutely. That that is the definition of a narcissism. But I'm but I'm saying that his genius is making people believe that. Narcissists are good at that. Yeah, yeah. they really are. And you know, I really think we should study why society seems to applaud narcissists. We we tend to worship them. It's because it's uh, the people. I think because well, also I think it's people like. Uh, to a certain degree, rule breakers. It's like, you know, it's like, oh, he, he's bold. He just went past, you know, he went, he went, he went yeah, he don't care. He broke rules. He he did some uh, something original. And rules breakers are, we uh, consolidate them into thinking that they are, you know, uh, they're mavericks. And, uh, but a lot of them are just shitty people that <laughs> don't want to wait in line. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well said. Tamara says they get the attention they seek. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Whether negative or positive. Right. They don't care. It's just uh, attention. That's all they want. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to this article because I think it's a positive one. Everything's been so I negative. Know. Here we go. Yeah, I'm I sad now. I was Trump, happy. It just makes my heart. I know. I'm. I'm heavy. looking at you. I'm like, Onika. I've seen you on other podcasts laughing and I stuff. And I'm like, she's I'm not like, laughing just, on I'm like, here. I'm not having fun. oh you don't want to talk about child molestation in a fun way uh new work organizations maybe it triggers me maybe it triggers me i just didn't feel comfortable having the conversation it could 
New work organizations receive share of 2 million to combat food insecurity and food deserts from the Amsterdam News, which is one of the oldest black newspapers in the United States, with which Christina Greer has writes on. You know, she has a Hi, Christina. Yeah, shout out to Christina Greer. And also, I just think it's a great article because we just, the episode that's going out this week that you're listening to right now, our audience, is about exactly uh, what food shaming really is in the black community. About, food shaming? You know, Food shaming. Like I, I often thought of food shaming as a rich person who is telling you how to eat, whereas it's also culturally based in like there are food deserts in black neighborhoods. So when you tell someone how to eat in a black neighborhood or if you're talking about a bigger black woman's full body, you are not considering a lot of cultural systemic racist things it's it's a great episode to listen to her name is dr psyche i definitely say listen to it but this article is so positive in the way that they're dealing with it newark mayor Roz j baraka announced 14 organizations will receive funding from nourishing newark community grants program the city is investing in two million to combat hunger and food insecurity that was caused or worsened by COVID-19. Many Newark families are facing a greater degree of food insecurity in the current economy. The program hopes to spur the creation and expansion of sustainable urban food cooperatives and other community-based healthy food distribution channels. The grants will contribute... The grants... It's because your hair pad I can't read. I, I swear to God, I'm usually really good at this. I feel you. I feel your eyes on me as I'm reading. The grants oh, yeah. will contribute. <laughs> so we can get the, the grants will <laughs> the grants will contribute to ending food deserts, creating community gardens, and strengthening neighborhood economies. The New Jersey Economic Development Authority has declared a large portion of Newark a food desert or a geographical area where it is difficult to buy affordable or good quality fresh food. Clinton Hill will use its $350,000 grant to create a farmer's market, nice. the first resident-run food co-op in the South Ward. I love that. I will say this. I... Uh... Uh, humble brag. I I wrote for the uh, VMAs last week, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was fun. Um, so I was in Newark all week because the the show was at I was in at the Prudential Center, which is in Newark, and going out for lunch every day. Literally, I ate at the same place every day because the options in Newark was were horrendous. I mean, like you, you ever go into like a 7-Eleven and you go into 7-Eleven because 7-Eleven has choices. You got, you know, 16 hot dogs, uh, one's cheese, one's, uh, you know, it's just like you just go in just almost to look because it's got so much different variety of bad food maybe, but it's still variety. But you go into a Newark 7-Eleven, it's one dried out hot dog. It's, uh, it was just horrible. And so, Trying to find food in Newark, it was, and I understand it now. It's just like it was. Even the restaurants were terrible. I just ended up going to this one place. It happened to be a German restaurant, and I ate there every single day because it was no options. And the the German restaurant they had grilled vegetables, and that's the reason that I went every day. It's because they had grilled vegetables, and I just did different types of 
meet or whatever. But yeah, it is a real thing. And I was thinking to myself, I'm only here for a week. How many other people have to live here and what, you know, what options do they have? I've lived in definitely some food desert areas and, um, you know, your best option. I know. And that's why I appreciate programs like what you're talking about, because it might be like a weekend. Um, what's it called? Uh, Farmers, farmers market, market? weekends. Thank you, babe. Weekends, farmers market, different stuff where they'll set up in different parking lots, just different stuff, so you have access to fresh foods. You know, um, it's a shame when you're eating when all you have is the processed foods, you know, or whatever um, stuff from little quickie grocery marts. And then it's not even talk about the price as well. And so when you do sometimes have those vegetables or those whatevers, it, it's sparse. It's not very many, and they're high priced, you know, or whatever. So, and they don't last. Oftentimes when, when you are at a grocery store in a food desert area, it's the worst of the po- uh, produce and stuff. It's so bad. So by the time you get it home, it lasts a day or two. It's not lasting long. I grew up in East New York and I didn't know it was a food desert. But when I think about my childhood, we did go to the pizza shop and the Chinese restaurant like all the time. And I mean, I didn't I didn't realize that it was a food desert. I had no idea. And then I read an article about school lunch in those kind of areas. And what they do is they will charge kids school lunch. um, And there's been times where their kids get on the line and their mother didn't pay the two dollars and 50 cent or whatever it is for the lunch. And they would not let the kids eat in schools. And so and then there was the article said that the the school gets government funding and all the kids supposed to be able to eat for free. They didn't have to do that. It was a psychological thing that they were doing to students in schools. And I was like, that's crazy because I was a part of that. And even my children were a part of that, like getting reduced lunch and not paying. And it was an issue. Like it's again, back to the protecting the kids. It's so many things that you don't even realize you dealt with. And then you're like, oh, I I do have a vulnerability to that, that I won't eat school lunch at high school. I wouldn't do it. And oftentimes I don't eat in certain places because it feels free to me. Yeah. I remember going from a, a very wealthy neighborhood to a very poor neighborhood in Chicago. And I I swear to God, I can still smell the difference of the lunch. Yesterday, it's like a sense memory thing. The smell of the the poor school, the lunch stayed with me. It was horrible. Yeah, it stinks. And uh, it should not be that way. It just shouldn't. When I moved to Harlem 23 years ago, I never experienced like, you know, because I did move back to like a suburb area where I had food, access to food. Harlem 23 years ago, I didn't understand why I had to climb that hill to get to Columbia just to get like fresh produce. It was ridiculous. I couldn't get fresh food. It's crazy. Now, you know, and there are access to um, lower priced farmers markets because that's what she was teaching me, Dr. Psyche, is that. You know, farmer's market, the access to a farmer's market, farmer's market items are very expensive. So you have to have farmer's markets that are affordable for people, you know, and I think also in educating individuals about food is really important. It's while talking about the systemic situation, you have to you have to do both so that you don't make people feel guilty about their choices, because sometimes in the meantime, which is what Dr. Psyche is talking about, you have to go to McDonald's. You have to go to these places and get food. And that's something that I was learning when I was 
when I had her on the podcast that I, I often forget when I'm talking about healthy options, I often forget there are people who don't have access to available or the ability to the, the and you're addicted to addiction too. Uh, it's an addiction to to the processed foods. You have to come right, off that. but also what's also what is also you got to be conscious of too when you're talking about uh, food de- deserts and then bringing in um, farmers markets. It's like a lot of the farmers market on, will only take credit cards and you're talking about poor families that live in, you know, you don't have access to a credit card. They don't have access to, uh, other ways, forms of payment other than cash. And how right now, a lot of places are trying to rid cash using cash and, and by way of, but also ridding poor people from coming into their establishment because a lot of poor people use cash. And that's also another way of discrimination. And so uh, making it available that uh, poor people have access to pay for the items that are going to be healthy for them to eat. So that's also another uh, restriction that's, you know, that that a lot of uh, poor people have uh, where, where the, uh, the stores are going right now. I had this conversation recently with my eye doctor. I know it's crazy, but I get into arguments with these people all the time. But And they get real comfortable with me. And he said this to me as I was sitting there talking about Harlem and my show and what I was developing. And he said, don't you get tired of your taxes paying for individuals who do nothing? Yeah, you should have said, yeah, uh, corporate America. And pay no taxes. <laughs> corporate America hasn't. That's what that new bill was about. It's the first time they they're charging in fifteen percent. They haven't. Corporate America make profits and they don't pay. They haven't paid taxes on the profits that they make. And so, but I'm saying, but people don't think about that. They only think about poor people. But go yeah, ahead. I'm I said, sorry. Him, I said, do you? No, no. I said, do you think the individuals you're talking about? Because he was talking about the projects in Harlem. He was talking about. He sees it. I said, do you think those people are living okay? Do you think they have quality of life? Let me ask you that. Do you think they want to live like that? Do you? He had nothing to say. He just said, I know I have other black clients that come in here and they say they don't want their money going to that. I go, let me tell you, you're, you're putting them in a situation where they just probably want you to be quiet. I go, but I said, there is no way in the world that you would want to live like those people in like those human beings should not be living like this. They don't have we're talking about access to just good water right now. Even on Lower East Side, I think there's a building where they have arsenic in the water. You would never hear about that on the Upper East Side as an accident ever. You would never hear of a fire killing like floors of individuals ever there's no heat yeah i mean i i don't know if i should still go to him i know i'll tell you what when I, he was doing the eye pressure thing and my, he goes oh your eye pressure is really because i must have really <laughs> pissed you off <laughs> oh, goodness. but also too um the, the thing for me is i don't mind giving i don't mind giving if i know that my 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 tax dollars are going to make a difference uh, I don't mind giving that at all. That's is that what they're not? Is, isn't that what they're teaching us in church? Wasn't that the whole thing about giving, making? Uh, that's what Jesus' principles are based on: is the giving. Even when you give as a, a practical matter, it's not even a spiritual matter. I mean, it's not even a religion, a religious matter. 
giving feels better than giving. I mean, getting, it really does. When you give something and you can see that you've changed somebody's life or you've given them something that uh, you've helped them in some way, it makes you feel good. So lasting. And I feel I don't have a problem giving. I have a problem with people squandering and wasting, uh, but I don't have a problem. So if there was a, a government program that we, that they, organized that can help with this homeless issue right here because it's about it's about um, uh, drug use it's about mental health and it's about a lack of uh, affordable housing here in New York I would give to that program I would give consistently to that program because I think it would make a difference but my five dollars on the street to a guy that's just sitting in front of a door a store door well it's not making a difference I would rather we all congregate and give to help alleviate the problem. And it's not a, and it's not a blue state problem. It's a everywhere across this country problem. I was just, it did a tour in Texas and we did four states in Texas. All of them have a homeless problem. And this is Texas that you're, you know, you're talking about this, uh, uh, so red state, but it's, homelessness is a problem because no one has deal, dealt with, uh, drug issues and no one's dealt with mental health issues. And then, uh, affordable housing, it's nowhere across the country. You can live that uh, a millennial can live that is a one bedroom apartment off of off of a uh, what is it? Um, minimum wage off a of minimum wage. Nowhere in the in the country. I propose that we uh, pay into things that we believe in. Um, where if you want to have your tax dollars go to the hood that you grew up in and pay for certain things like that. It's, there's, there's ways that we can kind of get that done, but the government will never have it because well, oftentimes you just pay the taxes, the middle class, the lower middle class and poor people. And then um, the government does with it as they may. And that's what's happening. We should, it, it, there should be a way that we can pay into what we believe in. And most people would b- pay into the things that they grew up d- dealing with food, deserts, um, low I don't know. I think that's terrible. I think that's a horrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. Nobody would pay into roads. Nobody would pay into uh, the, you know, the U.S. Uh, uh, mail system. Okay, it's so what's a horrible percentage? Idea. Don't you ever so what about a percentage? Of no, no, so then what I about a percentage? Stand, stand by your idea. Don't let her get it to you. Don't let her stand up. Don't stand my idea. But what about a percentage of it? Because what often happens, like I come from East New York, Brooklyn, right? And when I go back to my my hood, it's the same exact thing. It's the same piss in the elevators. It's the same um, depression. It's the same anxiety. It's the same things. And you can you can give to the church, and they can have a book bag drive, and they can have a this drive, and you know turkeys at Thanksgiving. But it never penetrates the 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 issue. It never hits home for real. Like, and I've been in, you know, local uh, politics where I'm helping people and, you know, helping people get elected and all that shit, nothing happens. The money goes to the government and then we never see it again. It never comes back to the hood. So there has to be a way to get it to the hood. (laughs) Don't play with This is all I'm saying. There there has to be a government, um, government policy that affects change in specific areas. And I agree with you on that, but I'm talking like, like I am a very avid reader. I always have been, I love libraries. And that was, that's the one thing that I 
I donate to on religiously. I donate to libraries on a religious basis, but it's not governmental. This is outside of what I pay in taxes, but I give to libraries because I love libraries. Uh, so, yeah, I love I libraries. used to give to strippers because I love the strippers. Uh, <laughs> see, you know. see, she's giving to her passion. <laughs> I, send, I send the task force thing to you every uh, Monday they have in Harlem. I will say I've gotten more involved in the local politics of Harlem since the pandemic. The pandemic brought out, I think, that part of me that's good. Uh, Kristen for Harlem, we've had her on the podcast, actually. She's one of the few people that's in Harlem now. She's a Harlemite. She grew up in Harlem that talks about things in the way that's like I relate to and I can I can get behind. Now, I will say uh, there's some cute guys on there, too, when I go like. I take a couple of screenshots of the of the you zoom. You are so old and creepy now. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you know we, we have coffee sometimes or something. She said, "Girl, I be screenshotting them on the on the zoom." She be like this. She be like this. And looking them up later, girl. That's how I do. I do. I, I looked up a few on um on on Instagram. Looking up Instagram. folks on LinkedIn. Exactly. I did. I was. I, they couldn't see me because I had my camera off. You did like but, this, right? Um, on the side. Uh, oh, I totally took some screenshots, and one guy even like sent him a private message. I said, "I'd like to hear more about your um, program." But about your he was, program. And then I saw on Instagram. I was like, "That looks like his wife." I'm at an age now where, like, when I talk to guys, they're all married. So I get so sad. That ain't stopping some start- of them. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta hook people up. You gotta hook people up, Marina. You gotta, you gotta hook some one of your friends up, and then it'll come back to you, and then they'll hook you up. That's how I gotta, gotta be give and take. All my friends are hooked up. They're all like married, and I'm the only one out here acting a fool. Well, I'm, I'm out here. I'm the only one. I'm you're acting a fool here. too. You're not, here you're not by yourself. Phone. I want to take a screenshot. You just oh, gotta. I, oh, you're out here, Onika. Yeah, my son. Where are we supposed to go? Roller skating. Roller skating. Well, on the 22nd, we're doing the dance class again. Uh, so, Can you send that? Yes. To me? Yes. So, so we're doing scheduled joys. Do guys go? Yeah, some gay guys. But um, what, what we're doing? <laughs> is, <laughs> what, we're doing is, what we're doing is we're doing scheduled joy, right? So we do comedians. Me and Amina have been doing it for damn near six months. So once a month, we uh, do a choreographed kind of dance class, and it's all women empowerment. And we meet at we we're supporting this woman that has this uh, a black woman mom she has this dance class called new york bodies and then we pay 22 dollars. we try to do it on the two so we're going to do it on the 22nd and a bunch of women meet for us at 6 30 and we do a dance we're going to be dancing off a um church girl by beyonce this time girl okay. you ain't gonna meet no man down there i'm telling you right now you didn't know, lose I, I don't hear a man in that conversation <laughs> okay. at all no no i'm talking about marina marina's yeah no i have to plans. meet a man and so roller skating we can meet the man but i'm just saying we can Build a yeah, take me to the roller skating. But mm-hmm. we can build no. the camaraderie, and then you, as you, Vanessa's as you looking at you, Vanessa looking at both of y'all like, oh, I'm so glad I ain't there no more. <laughs> yeah. 
I've been seeing all of Vanessa's love stories, you know, and all, and he just, oh, he worships her. You know, it's the way it should be. He worships Vanessa. Vanessa is a queen in her man's life. I am a queen in no one's life. I'm a queen. Believe that. You're a queen. I'm a queen just in no one else's life. Yeah, but don't quit quit saying that. You are, uh, what comes out of your mouth is powerful. Your words are powerful. I'm a queen in my life, I'm saying. You got to date yourself. I just don't have no, I have no followers. Marry marry yourself, Marina. Go marry yourself. And then. I'm done with marry. You know what? Marry yourself. And listen listen to more single single (laughs) women giving you advice. I done married myself, got a divorce. We got back together, (laughs) bitch. I'm tired of me. (laughs) I done did me. Backwards and forwards. I've done it so much. I've done everything. <laughs> me doggy style, everything. I'm tired of me. Oh, me is, me oh, is good. That's when I knew I had to uh, get me a man. I had then propped it up on the wall. I said, all right. You're doing too, 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 too inventive, right? Innovative. Right. I'm sitting here. Pro- right. I'm doing too much. Hanging it off the chandelier, you know, jumping up to it. It was just a lot. <laughs> you look yourself in the mirror and be like, what in the hell did I do to you last night? Uh, well, this is so a good silly. place to come to a close of us laughing. I felt bad. There was like three other articles that were so depressed that I was like, I'm going to spare Thank these you. ladies today. Feelings. Yeah, I was wondering where, what, what place in your life you were where you was picking those articles. Yeah. <laughs> was like, I, no, it's not me. It's my, young, my, my young assistants. Like, well, tell you them know, to lighten it up. Uh, well, nah, they try, but then I, t- I tell them to get articles because you know what it is I think a lot of people do need solutions right now to these things so and it's on their minds and it's a world of like everyone's needing like some love I think the what the world needs now is love now. sweet love, sweet love. Sweet I mean we need it we need it. I'll tell you to close show some type them. of church needs to come back <laughs> I'm not a religious person but some something needs to some healing needs to really happen. This reopening, I believe, of the pandemic was just too rushed and fast and not dealt with. And there are no leaders. We have no really great leaders right now. That's for any community. And that's it. Eric Adams. Why- okay, we what can't talk him? about Eric now. That's <laughs> Eric Adam's another one that I can't I really talk about. article about him. He out here having dinner. I'm sorry, go ahead. Eric Adams is living his best life. Right. That's what I was about to say. Onika cut me life. off. She did not want us to say That's shit about Eric Adams. Adams. Uh-huh. Stop it, thanks. Uh, I, I, I met Eric Adams in a uh, in a club that we both shouldn't have been in. <laughs> That's all I was going to say. That's all I was going to say. I heard he was out there kicking it. Yeah, he, he's a rock star. We both, we both leave that club like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't Invite see me, me next time. And I didn't Invite see me you. Next time. Invite me next time. I, I did meet Eric Adams a couple of years ago with the guy. Okay. What? Uh, my my, my laptop is going to die in a minute. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just say this really fast. And if it dies, I'll cover for you. But Eric Adams, I met him two years ago at a party with the guy who supports this podcast. He's a millionaire. Um, he no longer really supports the podcast, but still, it was good at the time. And Vanessa's like, what happened? What happened? Anyway, that for you. What? Eric Adams was at the party. And I will say this. This is all I'm going to say about him was that he said hi to everyone he made sure he looked you in the eye he was genuinely you know into it and he's a vegan sometimes so anyway (laughs) um, (laughs) 
I want to go out. If a uh, man we'll would lie with... about being a vegan, what else, what else would he lie about? Come on, Pat. Come on, because there's no lie. reason yeah. to lie there's about no that. There's no reason to lie about being a vegan. Come on. What are you doing, dude? So, Onika, <laughs> why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? And oh, hi. And your computer so, may die. Um, my name is Onika McLean. You can find me on all social media platforms. Onika Comedy, O-N-I-K-A Comedy. Uh, look out for my comedy special. Um, and that's it. Don't look us all up on LinkedIn and see if we're married. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) shit, Vanessa, tell our listeners about this about where they can find you. She did. What you say with friends like us? Oh, with friends like us, they will take your edges out if you don't know the whole story about the Tiffany Haddish stuff. <laughs> yes, that's right. Now my edges are thin right here because of friends like us. Now I gotta go get some gel. Sorry, <laughs> Vanessa. Tell us about. Uh, tell us where our listeners can find you and about the Nappy Boy podcast um, and my friends like us. Cool. Thank you. You can find us at find me at Vanessa Fraction. Uh, fractions just like math. F R A C T I O N. I'm also known as Action Fraction. So you can check out that wonderful hashtag. Um, you can watch me on the Nappy and listen to me on the Nappy Boy Radio podcast hosted by T Pain. Woo woo woo. Um, happy to be one of his co-hosts. We're uh, doing our second season. We have some amazing guests, some new games. Like it's super sick, funny, and uh, yeah. And you should tune in. There's some episodes from the first season already available wherever you listen to your podcast as well as on YouTube. You can go to my YouTube, Vanessa Fraction, and subscribe because I have a new show coming out as well and I'll tell you more about it the next time I'm on Friends Like Us. And Oh, and also, um, I do teach a self-defense class. I do have to always say that I have a class called Kicks and Comedy. I am super busy right now, as um, Marina was saying, but if you do DM me and need a class, I live in Atlanta, but I do fly, you know, fly everywhere. Um, we can arrange something because it is just that important to me, so I will make time if you need a class for you and your friends for sure for sure it's a really really great class and super informative um with please do i want to know how to scratch some guy's eyes out i'm very good at that um and with friends like us we can take accountability and smile about it you know that's right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. thank you pat hey this was uh enjoyable um uh, what am I doing with my life? I am working right now on a special that I'm hoping to complete in January 2023. So I'm going to need all of your support. So please follow me at uh, Pat Brown Show on Instagram and Pat Brown Show on all things social media. Um, what else? Um, with friends like us? Oh, with friends like... <laughs> <laughs> friends up, like us. When you uh when you, when your friends have a bad idea, <laughs> damn right. <Mike. laughs> check their ass, please. Uh, please don't hesitate to check them with love. Always with love. Always. With Always love. with love. Always with love. Thank you so much, all of you. You were excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, so much. This is going to be a great episode. Just follow me. Go to my website, marinafranklin.com. I have some tour dates. What are you doing, Onika? What are you doing? I'm practicing my boomerang. My phone, my screen's on that. (laughs) Yeah, just go to my website. And with friends like us, you can bring some funny sisters of comedy, black women of comedy together, and we will all tell you the truth, huh? Yeah, we will. Check Check us out!